What an amazing morning. Welcome this morning. Come on. I'm so excited to be preaching the Word today. First time this year. I'm pretty sure. I might have done one like way early in the year, but who remembers way early in the year? That was like a whole decade ago or something. Uh, So why don't you take a seat if you are with us in this auditorium and if you are at home, grab a seat, get comfy. Not too comfy. Don't fall asleep. You know what? You're not going to be able to fall asleep today because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us powerfully and ready. We are ready and we are waiting and I know that He is going to give us a word today that we can take with us this week and be excited for for what He is going to do and how He, how he is going to use the Word of God this morning to speak to us. And, uh, you know, He's transforming. This Word is a transforming Word and I'm excited today about that. I'm pretty sure you know I'm excited, right? Um, We are starting a new topic as Pastor Keith has alluded to today and we are starting this topic called abide. And yeah, it is a bit of an old-fashioned word and if you say it heaps and heaps of times, it sounds really, really weird. Um, Just trust me, I've said it a lot this week. And uh, But I want you to get just be ready and allow your spirit to be expectant about what abide means and just like throw off any misconceptions or preconceived ideas that you might have and just get ready to hear a fresh word from God about abide. What does it mean to abide in Him? How do we do that? Why does it matter? What does it look like? All of those kinds of things. So we're going to read this morning from John chapter 15 verse 1 to 11 from the New King James Version. I'm so thankful Pastor Keith's given us a bit of an idea about where that fits in to Scripture. It's important to know our context so we know that this is a really important thing that Jesus is talking to us about because it's coming at the end of his time on earth. It's coming to an end with his time uh, with the disciples. And so this is pretty important. So I really want us to lean in today. And it says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. There's a lot in that scripture, right? When I read this scripture, I'm going to level with you. I read this scripture and the thing that popped out to me was, I need to produce fruit. There's a lot of fruit here. And uh, 
you know, maybe I'm just wired like that, but that's where I went. I went to, I've got pressure to produce fruit. Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 5, he, abides, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Fruit, fruit, more fruit. And while we are coming into the best fruit season, who, who believes that? Mangoes, cherries, plums, like um, yeah, mangoes, peaches, like so many good fruits. I felt pressure, pressure, pressure. And it was hard already as I started to read this again. And I've read it before. It's not like it's the first time that this has bounced out at me. But the more I read this scripture, the more the Holy Spirit started to highlight it differently. And I'm going to give you a little bit more on that revelation later. But I just want you to keep that in your mind. First, it's been a little while since I've been up here to give you a good overview of what I've learned in this season. Are we ready for that? Yeah. So the first thing I've learned in this season is along the sourdough line. Pastor Nate, you'll be very proud of me. I did give it a go and it is quite easy. It is also really temperamental. So while the process is easy, it doesn't always land with success. So I've done some really good sourdoughs. I've done some really bad ones. True, Ben? True. Oh, no, they're all good. He's saying they're all good. I know. Yeah, good, good answer, babe. Um, so I have also tried kombucha. I'm yet to perfect that. So I'll let you know next time I preach how that one's going. I do prefer working at work than at home. That was a good revelation. I get too distracted at home. It's too hard. But, you know, working at work is good. Homeschool is definitely not for me. So that's cool. Glad I learned that lesson. Hats off to all you people who can homeschool. I am not one of you. And I am like, bless you in Jesus' name because you are an amazing person right now. Um, I also enjoy my own space and time and the more I had less of my own space and time because my kids were all around me, I realised how much I really, really, really love it. Um, I also love people but, you know, I need some space. Not being able to go to the gym means I never want to go to the gym again. Yep. I'm cool with that. No, 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 I'm totally fine with that. I've made my peace. No more gym for me. Amen. See? Karina's with me. Yep, you do have a gym, Helen, all the time. I feel, I feel for you, but he's a good gym, so that's all right. You also can't hide chocolate from yourself. Yep, amazing. 70 blocks of chocolate later, I'm definitely able to testify for the, to that one. I can't hide it from myself. Um, I can hide it from Ben, though. My greatest lesson. Here's my greatest lesson. Even when... I have a little bit more time on my hands. And, you know, we don't, haven't all had heaps more time during the COVID season. Some people have. That's great. Some people haven't. They've been busier than ever. Um, I had a little bit more time become available because I wasn't doing so much commuting and I had some more online things. So I found that there was a little bit more margin in my day for time to do other things. But I was amazed at how quickly I can fill that time without too much of a problem. In fact, I went for a whole month uh, not watching TV during COVID season and some people are like, what on earth did you do? 
Well, here was, the, here was the thing. I really wanted to do a whole month not watching TV so that I could spend more time with God. I had a very noble plan in mind and I was going to use that time to connect more with Jesus. Yep, good, right. That's a good thing. And what I found was TV wasn't the problem. There you go. It was me all along. What? I'm amazed at how quickly I can fill my time with anything and everything. I find new projects to do and old projects to do and all sorts of things when I'm not watching TV. So there you go. That was my greatest lesson. Life lessons with Pastor Jez. You'll never be the same again, right? But we are talking this morning about abiding. And I wanted to just quickly give you a bit of an indication about what abiding is. Abide is to remain, to continue, to stay, or in in other words, abide with me. Or to have one's abode, to dwell and reside, or to continue in a particular condition, attitude, relationship, or to last. But there's something that jumps out at me when I look at what it means to abide. And our first point this morning is that abiding is less about doing and more about being. It's less about doing and more about being. Now, I just want to make it clear. It doesn't mean that there is no action. It doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything. But it's actually not about what I am doing. And it is more about a state of being. Abiding gives the indication of some of commitment to something. You know, you're really committing to this. You are making this happen. But it's not an overexertion of doing something. So that, let's just make that really clear from the outset. You see, abiding in the vine, Jesus, is not so much about what I am doing, but being in him. And being with him. Two different things. Doing comes out of the being in and with him. It can't be everything. Okay, does that sound like a piece of cake, right? Yeah, easy. You know, be, don't do. Yeah, try telling that to my personality. Cool. I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels like that. And in my quest to abide, I can get caught up doing the right things, doing all the right things. But I forget that the most important thing is to spend time with the right one. The one and only Jesus. Time in his presence, time in his love, time in his word, in worship and in prayer or whatever it might be that we see as being the right thing to do to be with Jesus or do for Jesus. We get distracted and caught up with the things that are immediately around us, whether they're really good things like family and friends or whether they're less great things like TV and social media, whatever it is that's around us, that's what we get caught up in. And then we get to this place where we maybe come from a position of guilt where we're like, oh my gosh, I need to do the right things again. I need to do some stuff because I need to get back in relationship with God. And so I go to my Bible and I quickly read a verse in my in the Bible and then I might put on some worship music in my car or, you know what, I might just pop church on on a Sunday morning and oh, but I've, I've got it on I'm just going to go grab a cuppa and check check my texts and my emails while I'm just sitting here like it's okay but I've got church on I'm doing all the right things I'm it's okay everybody I'm doing all the right things I'm I'm back because you know trying to do things for God 
which is what all of those things are, when we're doing things for God, is not a new thing. In fact, when the church very first began, way back, way back when, people really thought, there was lots of people who thought you had to do a lot of things to be in relationship with God. It was all about the doing and less about the being. But being with Jesus is way more important than doing all these things without him. So we can do all those things, which let me tell you, they're beautiful, wonderful, great ways of, of being in relationship with Jesus, but not if we're not doing it with him, not if we've just done it in our own strength and we think, oh, okay, I've done those things, but we forgot to connect with Jesus in the meantime. And we can read the Bible, pray, we can even pray in tongues, worship without actually connecting to Jesus at all. We're going to revisit that a little bit later as well. Because it takes more than ticking off all the right things to have a relationship with and abide in and with Jesus. None of them mean much if I'm not doing, doing them with, uh, without him and without knowing who I am in him. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I definitely am speaking to me, but there are some times when I use the doing things for Jesus as an excuse to not have to abide in Jesus. If we duck back to our passage for a moment, I'm going to look at it from the message version. And verse 5 says from there, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates me from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown in the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept, kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. To be with Jesus or to abide in Jesus, we need to learn how to make our home in him and with him. And that's our second point this morning. Abiding in him is making our home in him and with him. Making our home in him means knowing who we are as his much-loved children, our identity in Christ. We know that that is who we are. We are confident and sure in the knowledge that we are his. And I'm not going to focus on that this morning, but it is vitally important. What I do want to focus on is what it means to make our home with Jesus. We all have people, I'm sure, who make themselves at home in our homes and in our hearts, right? We've all got those people. I want you to think now, who is it that comes to your house and you think, I love that they feel at home at my home? Or that you go to someone's house and you know you feel at home there, even better. Those people we are comfortable with, those places we are comfortable in, right? 
We don't have to put on a mask, although in COVID, who knows? But, you know, I'm talking about not the literal mask. I'm talking about a figurative mask that you put on in front of people. We don't have to put on a mask. We don't have to try to be something else. We are who we are. That's who we are. We know that the time we spend together in silence or in peals of laughter is valuable. We know where to find the tea. We know where to find the chocolate. You'll have to look really hard in my house because I hide it, remember? We don't worry about whether we've offended them or what they are thinking. We feel safe. We feel loved. We feel at home with those people. And it's a place we long to be. And so it is with Jesus, a place we long to be, at home in his presence. Time spent in silence or peals of laughter is so great. We can have a good day or we can have a bad day and we can feel, feel at home, safe and loved by him. We can rest in his presence for one minute or one hour and it feels like a lifetime. We can close our eyes and know peace. We can open his word and trust what he is saying. We can go to him with our innermost thoughts and know there's no complication. It is pure and true love that he has for us. We come and make ourselves at home with him, right? The key, though, to all of this is taking time to cultivate that, to make it a priority, And not filling ourselves up with all the things we can do. Like this morning, I was sitting, um, I was ready early, which, well, I am often ready early, but normally my family is not really ready, and so I'm still helping them get ready. But everybody was ready early. It was really a weird morning. And so I had like half an hour, half an hour where I was, I even had my shoes on and my lipstick on, like that's never. So anyway, I've, I've done all of this and I've got half an hour and I thought, okay, what else do I need to do? And I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, just abide. And I was like, okay, I've, I've got half an hour. All right, I'm going to go and sit on my back deck. I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to take my Bible. And if I need my Bible, it's there. If I don't, that's okay. Like, oh, the Holy Spirit is going to, I'm just going to hang out with him. I'm just going to be in his presence. I felt completely at home. But I just took a moment to cultivate that relationship, to cultivate that time with him. We've been talking about what that looks like, what it means to be in his presence in the last few weeks. And, and you know, we need to just keep that at the forefront of our mind. But the thing is, I wonder whether for some of us, we have Jesus with us all the time. So we kind of take him for granted a little bit. He's always there. So you kind of forget that we need to actually cultivate relationship and time with him. We fill our hearts up with everything else or lives up with everything else. And we realize that through all of those things that we've been doing, we didn't actually engage with God. Because the Bible is just words on a page without connecting with the living word. Praying in tongues is just noise if we don't connect with the Holy Spirit. We might go to the well, and we've talked a lot about the Samaritan woman going to the well in a series before the last one. And, you know, we might do that as a matter of habit, but we are not actually connecting to the living spring to draw water 
that we so desperately crave in the very depth of our being. We leave temporarily satisfied but without our thirst quenched. We go through the motions. We look good from the outside. But are we truly connected to the one who loves us more than we can even imagine? During COVID, uh, we haven't been able to see people as normal. It has been a little bit different. So there's been lots of phone calls or texts or uh, maybe maybe a little bit of FaceTime or Zoom if you have been able to do that. But there is an acute difference between that kind of connection and face-to-face, in-person connection that we crave and need. When we spend time together, I feel filled. I feel refreshed. I feel like, oh, my soul is alive. Like, I feel good when I've been with people who fill me up. I have lots of fun and I need that time. But when we don't, there is something missing. There's something missing. And it's the same with God. We allow other things to get in the way and get get in the way of our connection with God. And, and we forget that we need that one-on-one time, that in person right there in the moment, just taking some time, some space, some just a, a 10 minutes here and half an hour there or whatever it might be that we can get. And we forget that we need that with God. And then we wonder why we don't feel God anymore. We wonder why he's not, I can't hear him talking to me. Or I he seems so distant. Where, where is God? But I can tell you, we've heard this before. God didn't move. And when we really think about it, we actually haven't spent any time truly engaging with Jesus, abiding in him, learning to live in him and with him and allowing him to speak to our soul, to speak to our spirit. We haven't spent time or energy or effort on him. We know it happens in our relationships. If we don't spend time and energy and effort with the people around us, then we lose connection. We become disconnected. It can happen anywhere with any relationship. I know I have friends that I was friends with 25 years ago and I'm I'm not really friends with them now, maybe on Facebook, but that's not really friendship. And but there's other people who I've was uh, friends with 25 years ago and I'm still friends with them now because we've made time and energy and put energy and effort into that relationship. And the great thing is though that God is amazing and just like any friend that you have not seen or heard from for a really long time that you know the distance means nothing to God when you come back to him when you come back and say oh I want to connect with you I want some time with you no matter when the last time you genuinely connected with God was he wants to pick right back up with you right now like no time has passed at all no condemnation, no judgment, just incredible grace and love. It's all about making good choices and determining in our hearts the path that we want to take. And the more we make the choice to spend 
time with Jesus, the more we make those choices, the more natural it becomes. It's just a natural part of who we are. Just like, you know, we make a commitment to being an employee or an employer or we make a commitment to being a friend or a part of a family or whatever it might be. We've made commitments. We've made a commitment to Jesus when we said yes to him, to take time to spend with him, to abide in him and to grow with him and to develop our relationship with him. It's part of our commitment. We need to couple our good intentions because we've all got them. Good intentions. I meant to do that. We need to couple those good intentions with actual authentic connection. And in turn, point number three, abiding will naturally produce fruit. We started there when my head was all about the production of the fruit and the doing and the making sure that I was, you know, all of that. But the Holy Spirit changed my perspective on this the more that I read. And the emphasis on abiding is the thing that produces fruit, not my doing. In fact, it's only when we learn to abide that we will actually produce anything of real value. The emphasis is not on the fruit. The emphasis is on our relationship to the vine. Verse 5 from the Passion Translation. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. What a beautiful picture. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. And when you live separated from me, you are powerless. This was a word that brought absolute freedom to my soul. Absolute freedom to my soul. Because the fruit is not produced by effort to produce the fruit. It's produced because I am making an effort to connect with the vine, with Jesus. And the fruit just becomes a natural part of what I do and who I am. Because I love Jesus and because I want to have relationship with him and he will produce fruit through me. When we abide in Jesus, the effort that we put into his purposes comes from the overflow and the stream, not our own strength and ability. You know, honestly, this message by itself is not going to change anything. For me, it won't change anything for you. But my prayer today is that you will be able to stop and take stock of where you are at today and make a choice to connect more intimately with Jesus and the cool thing is it doesn't take a huge amount of effort really it just makes it's just making a a really good decision to take some time and for some of us time's really hard to find and I, I don't discount that and I don't say that lightly I understand but it's more important for us to find time to spend with Jesus than time doing things for him Or doing other things that are not going to bring us closer to our life source. Closer to the one who gave us this beautiful life that we live. Who blesses us abundantly every day. As we look around us we can see God's hand on on the people and on creation. And on the, the jobs that he has provided for us. And on the food that is in our cupboard. And on all of those things that we perhaps just take for granted. But God is on all of those things. And maybe you're just feeling a little bit empty and stretched today. I know, I know the drill. I know. It's not easy. 
But I want to encourage you today that God is right there, that as you reach out to him, that he will, he will absolutely refill you and refuel you and get you ready for a, a beautiful life spent with him in intimate connection and relationship with him where he will speak to you, where he will whisper amazing words, where he will show you revelation out of his word. And there will be so much that comes from that relationship that you have with him. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. You know, as I was praying this week, I, f- I felt that there were some people who can't remember the last time you felt a move of God in your life. Where you've tangibly felt the presence of God. And maybe it's because uh, corporate worship was where you found that space on a Sunday and we haven't been able to do that. And, um, you know, maybe it's because your kids have been at home or you've been working at home, And so your, your safe space at home has become a, a workplace for you, whatever it might be. I want to encourage you today that God is right here. And the psalm that he gave me is Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. You know, this week I had a, not the greatest week, just some stuff happening at home with my kids who are amazing and I love them but challenging at sometimes as well and I just found myself towards the end of the week so frazzled and not knowing what to do and on Friday night I just had a moment where I was like I just I just I need to work on my message and then I I was like no you know what I don't need to work on my message I just need to abide in him I just need to take a minute and so I just put some worship music on and I opened the word of God and I had no agenda And I just allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to me. And oh my goodness, the peace that I felt, the peace that I felt in that moment was just exactly what I needed. And I am living proof that even if you feel far away from Him, yep, even pastors sometimes feel far away from God. Even if you feel far away from Him, He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He will always be there for you. And when you take a moment in his presence, you will know his peace, his love and his grace in that moment. So I want you to do something this morning. And I will tell you, I have been at home and I know that it can feel a bit awkward when you are at home and maybe you're just with your family, maybe you've got some people over there. But I just want you to take a second, close your eyes. Close your eyes and and just open your hands to God this morning. Allow God to transcend time and space. And I declare in Jesus' name a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right now in homes across the city, across this nation. I declare, Holy Spirit, that you are ministering to weary souls, that you are ministering right now, that you are bringing a freshness, that you are bringing something true that you are allowing truth to rise up within them, that you are allowing the the lies of the enemy to flee from their minds, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Anything that they believe that you are not there or that you are are distant from them, I declare that to be false. And I thank you, Lord God, that the truth is is coming right now into their minds, Lord Jesus, and, and their hearts know that you are right there with them. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you that you are ministering right now in Jesus' name. 
that there is a touch of God that is happening across this city. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty King. Pour out your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. I declare peace and joy to rise up. And you can stay in that that attitude of worship right now. I just want to make a call to anybody who is perhaps listening right now, whether it be this morning or this afternoon, or maybe it's through the week. And you have heard about Jesus and you have heard this name and you want to know more about him. You want to understand what it means to make your home in him and with him. God sent Jesus to be an incredible example to us on this earth. And while he was here, he lived and showed us how to live. And then he died on a cross. But the beautiful thing is he rose again and we celebrated communion before because he rose again. And in doing so, he completely annihilated death for us as we believe in him. And we get to live for eternity as we believe in Jesus and give our lives to him and have unbroken relationship with God. What what an incredible gift we have been given. And he made a way for us to live with him by leaving the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, who abides in us, and we allow him to speak to us every day. And if you want to know more about that, if you want to know him today, then I want to ask you to just take a moment on your screen. You will be able to press a button to say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I would encourage you then to press the live prayer button and you can do that so that you will have somebody who will be able to pray with you directly. But right now we are going to pray. I'm going to pray that you know Jesus in your heart. So mighty God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for every person who has said yes to Jesus this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking new life into them, that they are going to find their salvation in you today, Lord God, and they will be able to live a life abiding in you. So Father, for those people who have made that decision, God, would you just rest on them right now, that they would know your spirit, they would know your life and your love. And God, that you would help them to begin a relationship with you in Jesus' mighty name. And I really want to encourage you, if that was you this morning, please connect with us. We want to help you to find that relationship with Jesus, an everyday walk, a journey that we are on and that we love. Do we love having a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, we do.